The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization show where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about all the crazy shift going on in the world of work, HR, recruitment, and business. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Keith Compagna, and sponsors this week are Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. Keith, um, this is getting old, but we got another great show lined up, so I'm not sure if it ever gets old. Uh, sometimes... Uh, the stars seem to align about 24, just about 24 hours ago. Um, I started to uh, push out, promote uh, the, our guest. I was putting some uh, information in and he, I got a message back that he wasn't available. So um, as <laughs> things have it, um, well, as I say, the shift hit my plans yesterday. Uh, but sitting on my desk was a brand new book. I got just over the weekend. I think it came in Saturday. Uh, it was from Josh Levine. Uh, it's called Great Mondays, How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. And um, it was just staring back at me. So I opened the book, and I don't know why it landed there. I guess it was just inevitable. It was um, I, Yeah, I landed on page 15. And you'll never guess what was staring back at me. Lay it on me. VUCA. V-U-C-A. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, you know, for, for those who have been following me, you, you certainly know, I mean, that, that was my TED talk a couple years ago. That's what I write about. Um, that was the original, uh, purpose of the uh, recruiting in the age of Googleization book. Um, and, and even, you know, last week at the workforce summit that we talked about, I mean, but just, people just haven't heard about it yet. And, but it describes our work perfectly, perfectly. So I, I sort of knew I had a new bro, uh, <laughs> in, in my life. Uh, so I, I started to just flip through some other pages and uh, immediately called Josh and I said, you know, uh, I was I, I wanted to get Josh on 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 this uh, show, um, but you know we're we're basically scheduled through December. I mean the earliest spots we had in January. So this just happened to open up and so was so happy to have him you know join us and and uh, so we'll be bringing him on shortly. Uh, I know you'd be turning yourself inside out with this topic, uh, uh, especially after last week with uh, talking with John Dame and uh, the evolution of leadership and Workforce 2030. Uh, I also don't know if you saw this this morning. Uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about, Josh, too, is just the, there's so many things going on in the headlines. This is just so perfect. Um, you know, the, the whole IPO blew up with rework. Um, this morning headlines are that the, the jewel, uh, you know, the eSig uh, CEO is is out. Um, the eBay CEO is resigning. Forever Twenty One put took a dump last week. Um, you know, they declared bankruptcy again. Uh, so, and and I know just from a couple interchanges, Josh is uh, just chomping at the bit to to talk about these stories because he, he's got a really interesting correlation. Uh, which we don't see very often. We hear about the, you know, the problems with company culture, toxic culture, um, but um, he's got some great insight into the valuations of these companies and company culture. So, 
That's cool. Um, but the other thing that happened this morning is Sherm just released their new report on the high cost of toxic workplace culture. Just came out this morning. Timing couldn't be any better. Um, so, you know, you know, I downloaded it. So yep. no, no big surprise. And um, it's on page three or four. I forget where it is. Uh, we'll put the link up on the website uh, for everybody to get it. Uh, but um, they, there's a couple statistics that they did, um, you know, interviewed a lot of people. One out of four people dread going to work. They don't feel respected or valued at work. The problem is that one out of five people actually leave their jobs due to workforce culture. So huge number. Um, I, I guess the, the, the flip side of that is that the problem, it, it's bad that, that one out of four people dread going to work, but it's worse that some of them show up for work and you have them on your payroll. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's true. Know, yeah, true. I mean, it is. It, it costs. Well, the, the, here's the cost. The, the, the Sherm report says that the cost of a bad culture is $223 billion, with the B, billion, in, in turnover. That's just turnover. Um, you know, who knows what it is in lost productivity. So, I mean, the, the timing, the SARS just couldn't align any better with, with Josh uh, being here. Uh, and I'm sure he'll add a ton of insights. And, and by the way, I, mean, I didn't get through his full book because it just happened yesterday. But I did get through about half of it. And it's just crazy. I mean, I've got this thing. So you, you, you know what my books look like. They're just, it's just crazy underlined. And yeah. uh, so we'll be talking about it a lot. But, you, you know, we've had a, you've had a busy week. Um, you know, so I got a question for you. I mean, you, you had a you were flying high from the experience at Workforce 2030. Um, what's it been like, you know, what, what have you digested? I know you've been talking to a lot of people and what's going on in your world. Well, you know, it's funny, 2030 workforce, 2030 was an extension from my first Sherm keynote, uh, at the greater Valley Ford Sherm event. So not only was I feeling really pumped up about the kind of work you and I have been doing, uh, after talking to everyone in 2030, but you know, this, this, again, the podcast seems to be just going step and st- step for step with us with what we're seeing in the marketplace. I mean, look at the perfect, first and foremost, the, uh, the people that were at the greater Valley Ford Sherm event were super nice, uh, super welcoming. And the feedback I got was just very, um, humbling in terms of the, the way my message is felt. And, and, you know, the truth of the matter with life work integration, my hope is to give people inside organizations the the insight that they can actually change the way they they, they manage stress. Uh, stress doesn't have to be a bad thing. As a matter of fact, it could be a very good thing if you know how to use it right. And when we talk about all of these crazy things going on, the disruptions, the changes, the the IPO uh, ebb and flow of the world, so to speak, I sit back and I wonder at the base element, it's about people. And the more and more I talk about this, the more and more it becomes obvious. People aren't at all ready for the kind of change that's going to be sitting on their lap. And if for some of us, it's already sitting on the lap and, uh, and it's, and it's really hard. And so to think that we could talk with Josh and we could talk with, you know, the leaders from 2030 and workforce 2030 and, and be able to just have this crazy conversation about the, the dynamics. Uh, I mean, I, I just sit back and listen. We, here we get a chance to talk about this stuff every week, and, and I can't help but just be quiet and listen because it's fascinating. 
to think about what is going to come. And that's why I'm excited to have Josh on the, on the podcast today. Serendipity or not, this guy knows what's coming. And uh, we've got all these crazy changes. We have all these massive disruptors coming in. And those are the external forces. I'm wondering what Josh thinks about as it relates to the state of the workforce internally. You, you know, you mentioned one out of five people will leave. One of those other four remaining employees are probably toxic. What about the other three? What are organizations doing to make sure that those three turn into leaders or at least don't go toxic on them? Yeah. Those are the things I'm curious about. Yeah, well, I, and I think that's what we're going to be talking about today. Just, just one more thing before I do that, just to tell you how crazy the world is. And, you know, you brought up how fast things are changing. happens faster. Just minutes before we started to record here, um, I, I had just checked one more time my emails, make sure that everything was uh, going Right. And got a notice that McDonald's, you, you know, I've been talking about voice activated search, yeah. voice activated job descriptions. I said, somebody's going to be able to go, hey, Alexa, um, please apply for a job at uh, Success Performance Solutions or at Keith Companions Company or at Great Mondays. Um, just this morning, they released McDonald's has a Alexa voice activated uh, job application. Yep. And, you know, so people people still don't even know what it is. And they yeah. go, oh, I hate, I hate that Alexa. Well, you know, get used to this stuff. So before we bring on Josh, um, is definitely want to get there. Um, two quick reminders. We are live today. We're recording live. So you can call us at 561-623-9429. That's 561-623-9429. Or you can go to www.w4cy.com. Uh, listen live. You can chat with us there. Uh, you know, just join us. However, or, or you know, everybody can listen on the podcast afterwards. Uh, one other thing, um, Josh was uh, gracious gracious enough to give us uh, a couple free books. So I set up a contest, and if you go to if you text GGG, that's for Geek Skeezers Googleization, just three G's. Um, to 64600, uh, you'll be entered into a contest. Uh, and uh, over the next few days, uh, those uh, winners will be announced. Uh, it'll be automatic. You'll get a, a text back. So type uh, GGG or text GGG to 64600, and you'll get a free copy of Josh's new book, Great Mondays, um, and he'll even sign it for you. So let's get to Josh. Uh, Josh is a best-selling author. He's a brand strategist, uh, highly sought-after speak, speaker uh, on helping companies design a culture advantage. Uh, for more than 15 years, he helped uh, build a culture-driven brand for a variety of companies, including Silicon, some Silicon Valley heavy hitters, uh, some prominent nonprofits, and a few well-respected blue-chip co companies. He's best known as a co-founder of the nonprofit Culture Lab X. Um, I hadn't heard of that, so um, and you, you know I try to keep up with things. So I was really excited to hear about that and, and want to learn more about that. He's also an executive director who turned it into an international community. So Josh, welcome to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you. Uh sneaking me on. I was uh, happy to be able to uh, be available to fill, fill in the slot. Yeah, so excited that you were available. I know uh, everybody's got busy schedules today and uh, with disruption, so ha having that opportunity is great. <laughs> it's so, norm. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we got to live at the seat of our pants, especially VUCA. Hey, when I saw that, it's like, 
And I, I, I keep seeing it in more and more books, and I've been talking about it. I think the first article I wrote about VUCA was like 2012, 2011. I published it in a business publication, and then it was uh, kind of the centerpiece of my uh, of my book and then centerpiece of uh, my, my TED Talk. So when people see the value in that and just kind of recognize of, of what our world looks like, it, it says immediately, uh, you, you got me engaged. You got my attention. So a lot is thrown out there about company culture. Last week, we had a, g- a great guest, a good friend of mine, John Dame. We talked about the evolution of leadership. Uh, you know, he says we're, we've evolved from the command and, uh, uh, controlling command to collaborators, co- collaborators in chief. And I think that's what your message is as well. Um, but we, a lot of people throw out company culture. Um, as, as this buzzword, and some use it as a fix, you know, a fix it. If you got to, you know, if you, if, you, if you talk about culture, then all your woes will go away. Let's start with something simple. How do you define company culture? Company culture, uh, as I define it, is the cause and effect of every decision that we make uh, during the business day when we think about those things. It's Ultimately, when we think about why we're talking about company culture, it's in order to improve the quality of the decisions that we make. Now, I know there's a lot of folks out there that are like, oh, it's what happens when the boss isn't in the room, or it's the norms and behaviors. But I found, I mean, those are fine. I don't think they're wrong, but they don't get to the heart of what I see is the most important aspect of a business using this as a strategic tool and that is to help make business decisions so that to me that's going to be the best way to start the conversation it's the cause and effect that is the other part of it right so it's not just uh, a linear um, result a linear equation it's cyclical cause and effect of everything that you all the decisions you make big and small you know, I'm, I'm staring at uh, kind of a quote you had, and, and I put it out there and uh, to promote the show as well this morning. You mentioned that culture isn't a problem to be solved, and I, I think that's so profound. I think a lot of companies look at that and a lot of the conversations and, you know, Keith and I, I mean, I'm at a ton of conferences. Keith is starting to speak and, and is out there. You certainly are. Um and you hear all these presentations and all these, there's all these webinars about how to fix your company culture, like it's like it's a gadget or a problem that <laughs> that can be fixed. Right. right. You know, but I love right. what you said after the word. It's a business function. It you totally know, that, is. Yeah, that needs to be supported and nurtured, and and but people think it's like, oh, hey, I, I went to the session. Great tip. We'll go back. We'll implement that, and all our woes will be gone. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if um, some CFO uh, announced to the board that they were going to focus on, hey, everybody, uh, we're going to solve finance in the next six months. That's what we're going to focus on, and then we're going to move on to something else. That's, yeah. As ridiculous as that sounds, that's when I hear people saying, oh, well, you know, our culture, we've got a culture problem, but, and we're just going to have to fix it, and, and then, you know, then we'll be better. We'll be able to recruit more people and all these things. That, that is absolutely ridiculous. And this is what I'm trying to – this is, if you remember one thing from our conversation, this is what it is, which is culture is a business tool. We can't just be reactive and think, okay, uh, people aren't happy. Let's put in a uh, cold brew tap, which is all the rage out here in, uh, in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. 
right? Like uh, we're going to do dry cleaning for your dog or whatever it might be. It's not, that's, the, the, that's not that we, we, you know, that you're going about it all wrong and you're thinking about it all wrong. This is something we need to be proactively managing for and actually creating for, which is why I, why I, I use the term design in the subtitle of my book, How to Design a Company Culture Employees Love. Design is a creative endeavor where you're inventing things. No two cultures are the same. And so that's, that to me is, is an, in, if we just follow the logic, go to the, the logical conclusion, which is, we have to. We can't just say, oh, hey, HR, you're going to also do culture work. You're going to also, you're head of culture and HR. It's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. But there's too much work to be done if you really think about it. It needs to be someone, it needs to be an explicit group, a department, a leader that actually goes in and says, my, it is my job to implement, to think about, to create this what ultimately is, I believe, the only strategic advantage in business. Josh, I got a question. I'm sorry, the voice, the, no. the sound cut out on me there. I got a question for you. Do you do you think it's harder for a larger organization to take on this challenge, or are you seeing it harder for maybe the the small to medium sized companies? I'm thinking 500 employees, or you know, plus or minus. Where, where's the like? Who's got a harder challenge ahead of them? Uh, well, I reject the premise of the question. I think it's hard all the way around, but for different reasons. Um, it is a people problem, as you said. It's, it comes down to humans, and so when we're talking about huge enterprises, tens of thousands of people, uh, that is the challenge. Is really going to be about changing habits of ten thousand plus people, and that's a big challenge. Um, the 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 difficulty for smaller organizations is finding the resources to and, and making the case right if we say that this is a business business tool you're like well I don't have I, I don't have the budget to hire somebody to be in charge of that thing so if someone's got to be thinking working off the side of their desk and if it's not a priority it's uh, it moves a lot slower so I, you know it's, it's hard for different it's hard for different reasons I think Scale is a major piece of it, and that's that's a big question that um, we try to address in the book Great Mondays, which is uh, how do you how do you scale culture? That that is a that is a big question that always comes up, of course, out here in Silicon Valley. Everybody's like, we got to scale like crazy. How do you scale the culture too? So those are that's you know that's kind of the the challenge I think each of those size organizations face. So, Josh, I think we sort of covered this. I mean, in the book, you talked about, again, two other pieces I highlighted, you know, two things that management gets wrong. One is that culture is uh, company culture is a thing to be solved. It's a problem. You talk about it as, a, you know, it's a journey, not a destination. Um, and it's alive. So it's continually changing, evolving. But the other part is you talk about whose job is it. And it seems to miss. You know, and you talk about that it's the job of leaders, or you mentioned, not that that's the correct, but that's some people say, well, it's management's job to set the culture, or or the leader sets the culture, whoever the boss is, is the culture. And yet, it seems, you know, especially in the SHRM HR world, that HR thinks, you know, the, or, or management looks at HR and go, well, it's your responsibility to make sure everybody's on board. Yeah. Yep. Whose job is it? It's every, it's everybody's job. This it's too big of a it's too big of a of an entity to um, rely on any one piece. Now, as I'm sure we will talk shortly 
um, the CEO can have an outsized influence um, on the direction of the ship, all right? But um, there is plenty of responsibility that needs to be taken on by not only managers or, or HR. HR is not, you know, relieved of the responsibility. Definitely they have a lot of tools in their toolbox to help affect that. But it's also the managers. It's also the rank and file, the associates, the people who are there day to day. It's not just like, okay, well, the culture sucks, and we're just going to wait for um, someone on leadership to say, okay, it's time to change. No, that doesn't. That's it, it'll never work that way. One of the big quotes I have in the book uh, is, uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm misquoting Gandhi, which is, you got to be the culture change you want to see in the world. And if your executive team isn't doing it, or is not doing it in the way that you think should be done, then you have a responsibility to do it for your group. And you need to be kind of a, like a, a fractal of that. You need to be a, a, a someone who says, look, this is how we're going to work here. This is We're going to improve it here. Now, it's not easy, especially if you've got a, a CEO going in, in another direction. That makes it a little bit harder. Those are headwinds. But it doesn't mean that it's impossible, and it's something that you can actually change uh, in your own sphere of influence. That's what we're looking for. When you're, when you're an individual contributor, what can you do to change the, the, the people that you work with and to change the way that you guys interact and, and ultimately make decisions? So your, your book offers a, a ton of tips and examples, and, and you even describe it as, as basically more than just a, a book, but it's a workbook. Um, yeah. And, you know, I tried to do that when in the recruiting in the age of Googleization as well. Uh, you know, at the end of each chapter, I have questions you should be asking and, and have discussion points, and you go even one step beyond that. So if we take your last example, so, you know, you're in a culture that may not be optimum, you know, it may not be toxic, but it may not be optimum. Um, and you as an individual want to change some things. What are, can you give an example of what someone can do um, to, you know, other than just, again, change their mindset and put their head down and kind of plow through it? You know, what, what are some things that they can do? Well, the book goes through six, uh, six key components. I mean, this is one of the things that I'm trying to provide, right? Not just the idea that it's a business tool, but here's, here's, some, here's some levers that you can pull. So there's six key components. And the first two, I think, are where um, you wouldn't think that you'd be able to on smaller groups and smaller orgs, but you absolutely can, which is define your purpose and, and write your values. Now, purpose is at any scale. You can do it for an, as an individual, you can do it for your small team, you can do it for a business unit, and you can do it for a company. Purpose is your North Star. It's your why. If you, we all know uh, Simon Sinek and Start With Why. This is, this is how you get to your why, and there's an exercise in there talking all about it. Why are, you, why are you showing up? Why are you in business beyond making money? Why do you wake up every day? What is it that you're doing? And, and this is such a critical question. So if we're thinking about, hey, we're just kind of an, we're an HR team here, uh, why are you guys, what is, what is the purpose of, of the team in the context of the organization? So that's, that's the first thing. And you, wouldn't, you just wouldn't think to do that, but that's going to be a really important piece of it because ultimately when you've got those, those five people you were, you were talking about at the beginning, uh, you're like one's disengaged and one's probably going to leave. You've got your three other people. So you've got the five people, and they're like at least two of them are going, what the hell am I doing here? 
So let's, let's, you may not stop them from leaving, but let's define that. Let's figure out why. Why are we here? Because you know that question is going to come up. Now, your values are your how. Your values are the guardrails about how you're going to choose to do your work. And the powerful thing about this, you guys, is that when we're on the same page about what is important and what we're shooting for and what we're aiming for, it's going to create a little more cohesion, and we're going to have agreement and alignment around how we work. They're guardrails, so you can say, hey, look, the way that we went about that last project, or um, if I'm asking you to help me with something and this is, this is the response I got, we agreed that these are these four or five values were how we were going to work. This is what we've been working on, and that didn't really work for me. Let's have a conversation about that. It's a starting point. And so what that ends up doing is where purpose sets that vision, you're going to have those values start to create a cohesion and transparency and ultimately that magic word of trust of what are we expecting one another to do? How are we expecting us to, or each, each other to behave? When you have, if you've ever had to try, uh, try to um, be in a relationship, uh, plutonic or otherwise, with someone who is inconsistent with their behaviors, you can't trust them. You're, you're viscerally going to have a reaction. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. So what we need to do is set those boundaries and say, look, this is what we're shooting for. This is something that's really important. So uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of a, of a value that we just created for um, – uh, a high-growth tech company here in the Bay Area. They actually just went public, which was an incredible experience to be part of. Um, one, of their, uh, one of the things that we uncovered when doing our work with them was that they felt that people weren't really owning kind of the work that they were doing. They weren't, they didn't really either own the mistake or own the work. There wasn't a culture of, of ownership, and that was problematic for them. And so what was one of the things that surfaced, of course, a lot of things surface, and we work with them to really make sure you, they have five or less. You can't have more than five values, so that's one of my uh, immutable laws here of, of values. You can do three to five. That's, 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 the, that's the goal. So one of the values that came up was this idea of um, act and own, and acknowledge and, uh, it means acknowledge and own. And act and own, the reason why that's so magical is because it actually connects with their product. And their product has, is, one of, is, is a tool for developers when they get an emergency call that it's like, hey, your website's about to go down. You have to push this button that says, I got your message, and I'm going to do something about it. And so it connects with that idea. And everybody rolled it out. Everybody went, oh, I know exactly what you mean. This is what we're going to do. So now you can have this conversation with your teammate and say, hey, look, this went wrong. What happened here? And you can have an honest and trusting, transparent conversation about ownership and acknowledging that. So that's kind of the magic of it, and that's something that can happen at a team level. That's something that can happen at a company level. It's really powerful. It's not easy to do. It's hard work to get to that, and it doesn't feel like it's the immediate, like, fire, like, doing the, like putting out the fire in the wastebasket, which I feel like there's always so many of them. But that's, that, is, that is what we're shooting for. And once you start to get that cohesion across that group, then you're going to feel unified as a team, and you're going to be able to accomplish more and feel more engaged in trying to do what you're doing. You are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We've got our guest, Josh Levine, author of Great Mondays. We're talking about how to design a company culture that employees love. 
Uh, we're going to be taking about a two-minute break here. Uh, hear from our sponsors, Job Fight and Success Performance Solutions. Uh, as we always do, we talk about emerging trends, what impact they'll have on our economy, our jobs, and our future. And, and today, we are focused on company culture. And when we get back, uh, we're going to talk about something that's been in the news uh, the last few days about uh, rework. Uh, but, uh, you know, a few months ago it was Uber and um you know, again, today, two CEOs of, of Juul and eBay resigned uh, or are stepping down. I don't know if they resigned, but they're stepping down uh, one way or the other. And we're going to talk about the, the impact that company culture uh, has on valuations and, and public relations and recruitment, retention and everything else. So stay with us. We'll be back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real Yellow Pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real Yellow Pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ivor Wolf, with Keith Compagna, and our guest today is Josh Levine, author of the new book, Great Mondays, and co-founder of Culture Lab X. Um, just a reminder to everybody, uh, if you want a, a free copy, uh, a chance to win a free copy of uh, Great Mondays, uh, Josh's book. Uh, text us at uh, GGG, just three G's for Geek Skeezers and Googleization, GGG to 64600, and you'll be entered into a contest. We're also live, and you can call us at 561-623-9429, 561-623-9429. Uh, Keith, I think you had a question. I did, but then I forgot what it was going to be, but I, I'm pretty It'll sure that back. I could come up <laughs> My curiosity really has a lot to do with what what's what's he seen out there? Like Josh, when you're out there and you're 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 because we're you and I kind of speak the same language, but I'm curious from the Silicon Valley perspective, how are companies responding to the message? Because in my and and I'll I'll load the deck a little bit here for you. In my experience, People are tying culture into HR, and I simply love how you're you're separating them. It's almost like 18, 20 months ago, we were talking about it seemed like the world was ready to accept that talent acquisition needs to be removed out of HR. 
And now we're talking about culture being a, a, a business unit of its own, so to speak. Uh, but is, you know, are you seeing companies buy into that? You know what? It's uh, I not yet, <laughs> not yet, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Uh, I think my hypothesis is that they're just not ready to commit to it yet. Um, this is kind of a resourcing question, and so what I'm pleased about is seeing that more companies are taking culture seriously, and they might even have some culture roles, which is I think the big, the kind of the big signal. And when they're starting to, I have not, this is just, this is for me a prediction. It's, it's almost an inevitability. We have to, HR has so much responsibility anyways. Like, really, we need to give up something else that's like this naughty and complex. Uh, it's, just, it's just almost impossible. So I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, we're seeing a lot of roles that actually have culture in the name. Um, most of them still sit in, within HR. I think we're going to see, like you said, in the next maybe 12 or 18 months, we're going to see some of these companies start to start to move them out of HR and become its own related, uh, but its own function. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree, and it, and it's interesting because almost like the way talent acquisition played out, you look at the talent marketplace, and and I always mention how. You know, every company in, in the world basically has a recruitment challenge, which means that every company in the world has a retention challenge. And the winner of the game, I think, is the one who takes care of people because good news will travel fast and you'll get the best people. And it's just you, you wonder if the talent marketplace is going to set the timetable for this or is it going to happen uh, nonchalantly, pretty much like everything else in HR? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna amplify or build on what you were just describing about the uh, the retention and uh, recruitment equation. My observation, and I don't know if you guys know this stat, but out here in the Bay Area, the average tenure is somewhere between 18 and 24 months. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about the the turnover and how much that costs and the acceleration of that, you're gonna have all these highly talented people, and they're gonna be sitting there for 12 months, and then someone else is gonna say, Hey, I'm gonna pay you more. And so what we're going to see is this race to the bottom of, uh, of retention strategies. We're going to see lower and lower ROIs. Now, I'm not saying you should not invest in retention strategies. You absolutely should. As a matter of fact, it should be part and parcel. Are you giving them meaningful work, right? What work are they doing? It's not like, um, oh, stay for another uh, 12 months and you'll get m more money. It, it needs to be something, you know, more, more inherent. But... In addition to that, we're seeing a higher and higher uh, ra uh, rate of turnover. And so if that is the case, then what does that mean for how we work? How do we bring on, these are the questions I'm struggling with and thinking about now, how do we bring on talent faster? How do we make sure that they come on and we say, hey, look, we know you're only going to be here. It's an implicit agreement or making the implicit agreement explicit, which is we know you're only going to be here for a certain amount of time. Let's bring you on for a project. And then at the end of that, if you enjoyed working here, then maybe we can talk about it again. But we're going to soon, you know, gone are going to be the days when someone goes, oh, my God, our manager of da -da 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 just left. What are we going to do? It ruins our whole product cycle. Like, how, how many times can we be surprised, honestly? <laughs> and and it's it's just it's just speeding up. It's it's happening out here, and it, it's gonna be sweeping across the country. I guarantee it. 
So, so there's two things I, I heard you say, Josh. One is appointing a chief culture officer does not solve the problem, right? <laughs> not that problem. No, it's, it's, yeah, not that it problem. Or it's going to help, problem. but it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and the other thing is, um, where I, I I agree with you, and then I'll challenge you a little bit. Good. I think I think where companies are struggling on the retention side is that they don't have metrics. They don't. They mm-hmm. they arbitrarily think that if you ha- keep somebody two four years instead of two, it's a better deal, and because they don't have the metrics. So the question is, is that if retention, if someone could institute a, a retention policy and say, you know, if we keep each employee six our top talent even six months longer. And that could right now that'd be an incredibly tough sell to say, listen, we need a couple hundred thousand dollars for our retention program compensation benefits and and put a new ping pong table in uh, to retain people. Uh, you know, management's gonna say, you know, <laughs> six months isn't worth it. But yeah. what if you could show them that six months is worth it, that there is a value to retaining employees six months longer. You know, what's the impact of that? What does it allow to do for planning? What does it allow to do to, for succession, for bringing the next person in? Um, so I, I think, you know, it, some of the challenges go in the culture just goes back to, it's really never been measured, you know, other than employee engagement. And there's studies that say employee engagement is absolutely tied to uh, ROI. And some say it has no relevance at all. Um, yeah, and and I think that's part of the problem, and that's why I'm excited and uh, about that. I know Keith has heard me say this a billion times, and he he's in that same space too. Is that this is where AI, this is where you know predictive analytics is is really going to change the game. Um, and you know, but but first you have to get data to digitize you know the information about culture. So, yeah. I, so, but with that, I, I, you know, we can spend all day on that subject alone, but I, I really do want to get, because it's in the news, it's headline news. Um, so rework imploded this week, pretty yeah. much. You know, they're yeah. going for the IPO, you got a high valuation, it's a talk of the town, and all of a sudden, I mean, it's, you know, CEO's out, they, 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 they pull the IPO, uh, valuations is tumbling. Now it's like, does, does it even have, is there a future <laughs> to rework? Right. So we, not not necessarily going on to you know is what's the value because I know you have a a, a sentiment uh, an, an opinion on the value of um, you know re- remote work locations as a business model, but beyond that because we've also seen the same thing at Uber and we've seen the same thing at you know all these companies. Yeah. Talk about it. Tell tell us what's what's on your mind. <laughs> well, so what we're seeing is um, kind of a cult of personality that is. Um, not only making uh, poor business decisions, but they are influencing the culture in a way that is uh, not good for the business. And so, what uh, you could make an argument that the that in filing for the IPO, all of this stuff was going to come to the surface. So there's been all these allegations around these crazy things that Adam Newman, the uh, former CEO of WeWork, has done, and he has this crazy lifestyle. But you know, w- one of the things that we've also seen is that when you have a charismatic leader, like that's what you need in order to get these crazy sky-high valuations, and to like that's our theory. That's our like almost modern great man theory, isn't it? Of of like these mo- of these like modern t- high tech. IPOs. Yeah, Travis. Like you've got yeah, tra- yeah, Travis from uh, Uber, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Travis, right? And it's but but what you what you don't get what you 
are seeing is like at first you'll see, wow, look at all this success and they're selling it. And they are, they're like slick salespeople and they've got these visions and people buy into it. Adam is, was known for being this incredible visionary. People love to be near him. But then that success fueled that in a way that was unhealthy for the entire organization. He got, a, he got way out over his skis, as they say. Right, he so he he was he's thinking to himself, oh man, we can do everything, and it's just like and people filled that filled that like you know he was surrounded by people who said yeah absolutely we should do that because he was the company was soon going to be worth forty seven billion dollars, but you know you, you, so you've got a confluence of factors you've got the 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 basics of the business model not that has have been found to to have been. Uh, a lot of holes in it, and you've got this this kind of ill-advised behavior, which is, you know, he he's been enabled to do this, but he's also leading these these people who believe it, and just these incredible sort of hypocritical behaviors of laying off a third of the workforce, and then after making that announcement, passing around shots of tequila, uh, and and have holding a concert like immediately. Right, so you have this sort of mixed messages, uh, mixed messages, and it's just so problematic, right? You all of a sudden are like, "What is happening here?" This is, I think, goes right back to what we were talking about, you know, trust and like, what are the things that he's just making poor decisions? And so, it, it is all of these things that are coming together, and it's like, this is not how business should work. We need to be looking at the governance, but but also, it's like these business leaders are setting the tone for what the organization should be and if they are un if they don't have any reason to be uh hemmed in at least a little bit you're going to get you just see this so i would say this was an anomaly right this guy was just crazy he's on his own but we're seeing it again and again and again <laughs> yeah. it's it's crazy i mean it's crazy yeah, for sure. So, so what we were just talking about, you know, falls ex- so well in line with uh, our guest last week, John Dame, um, and he he's actually has a, com- a conference coming up in a week or so, and uh, I'm I'm going to recommend him. I, I'm going to connect you to because oh, uh, right. he brings in some really top speakers, and you're you're talking right up his alley. I mean, this is this is life. In fact, I I uh, I added him to a lot of the posts I had today. You know, for him to 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 get attention and to know what we're doing. But he he talks about um, you know he always points to the Gallup poll what employees want, and they want trust, compassion, stability, and hope. And yep. you know how compassionate is it to kind of lay off a third of your workforce and then you know have tequila blasts in a concert. Uh, yeah. How com- yeah. How, I mean, it's like how compassionate is it to start uh, to to lease your own company, the buildings that you own, and 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 then and and then sell the rights to a to the 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 name We Company back to the company for six million dollars. I mean, he's he's clearly it's it's just it's an outlier. There, there's a degree of narcissism, <laughs> in yeah, and, and and whatever. So hey, I, I've got a, I've got a. So part of it is you're talking. I spent a lot of time with entre- you. You spent a lot more time with the, in in the startup world than I do. Um, but um, about 15 years ago, I actually chaired a group in our region, uh, entrepreneurial group, and we brought some startups and VCs in, into the into the area. Central Pennsylvania really wasn't known as a hot hot spot for that. Um, but 
so I learned the difference, you know, early stage, you got these visionaries and great ideas and inspiring and everybody jumps on the bandwagon. But then, you know, going the late stage and, and converting it into a sustainable model is, is, is often tough. Um, but there's a chapter in your book, and I just want to point this out, um, or, or I think it's a chapter, it might just be an exercise, that you talk about writing your company's obituary. Is, is this something, I mean, it almost seems like if, if I was counseling and coaching and consulting with a lot of startups these, that were, were growing at, at the rate of, a, you know, as, as the Ubers and the, and the reworks, that I would say, let's sit down and write your company obituary. Is, is, is that how that was intended? The, the goal of the obituary exercise, and, and it's gotten a lot of attention, mostly because it's so her heretical in, it, in, its, in its premise, which I, I love, um, and a lot of uh, executives will flinch at. They're like, this is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. I don't even want to poison people's minds with this. Right, right. The point is to get out of the day-to-day. -day. As, as business leaders, we are guilty of being really caught up and incentivized to pay attention to short-term gains. That makes sense. We've got we to gotta nail, we've got to land the thing this quarter or this year. And in order to actually understand the, the context in which we're working, the reason we're doing this, we need to step back. And what we find with our clients and when I work with, with these executives, I give them permission. I say, look, this is just an exercise. We're just going to pretend. It doesn't even matter. What I want to know is why your company mattered. What will you be remembered for? That question is what gets to the heart of the, the, the essence, the, the, the intent of the organization. What are we trying to do for the world? And that gets, that is the purpose. That is the North Star. And so I obviously there's there's some incongruency with you know how, how the the downfall of of possible downfall of, of of WeWork here and like the aspirations of a of a North Star, um, and this is clearly not what we would have written for them. It it is it was meant it is meant to be an exercise to say look if you let go of all of the little little bits and pieces and your obituary was written they ain't gonna write about how much money you made. It's just not going to matter. What's going to matter is how you made a difference in the world. Yep. The money is the only is only the symptom. It's only the proof that you did that. And so, so to, that's how we anchor that. So for startups that are that are, are really just looking to to get the money and then sell it off and you know have a three year legacy uh, yep. and make a lot of money, then yep. that's probably not good. But other people who who do see a vision that they do want to change the world, that they do have a purpose. Um, then, then even at an early stage, maybe even part of the business plan is writing your company's obituary, you know, whatever you want to call it, the purpose. Hey, yeah. as, as always, we just way, we get great guests and we just run out of time. We are, we are a couple minutes from the, from the close here. So I want to, uh, give you a couple chances, uh, opportunities. One is, um, how can people get a hold of you? Um, you know, certainly talk about the book and just a reminder for those who want a free copy of the book, text GGG to 64600. That's GGG 6400. 64600. Um, how can they get in touch with you, Josh? Um, and, um, and then what's your kind of closing message? 
and you got about two yeah. minutes. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm uh, open to conversations. People can find me on LinkedIn. They can also head over to our website, greatmondays.com. We've got a lot of information, and all those tools, those exercises that you mentioned are free to download from the website, so you can check that out. The book is available on Amazon. And, you know, my, my message is really to say that, that culture isn't, it isn't something to be reacted to. It's something, a, a proactive business tool that we need to get serious about uh, measuring and managing. It is going to be the only sustainable competitive advantage in business uh, for the 21st century. It's the only thing that no one can sue you for. They can't steal, you, steal it from you. They can't copy it. It's yours and yours alone. And in the war for talent, when people are swapping companies, uh, going back and forth, your culture is the only thing that you're going to be able to hang on to. And that's why it's so, so incredi- incredibly important to uh, prioritize this, this uh, skill. Yeah, you, Absolutely. You, you, Absolutely. you also had a great line in the book. I just want to quote this before we, we get off the air. You talk about the culture is the difference between being viable and vibrant. And everybody else in between is floundering. <laughs> And yeah, I think people have a choice. Do you want to be vibrant? Do you just want to exist? Or, you know, which I guess is the floundering, or you're going to be out of business. You have three choices. So, yeah. hey, Josh, this is, um, we can talk forever. I, I know. Forever. Keith, yeah. Uh, we'll love, to, we're going to continue this conversation offline. Uh, hopefully we can have you back as things progress. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple panels uh, in the in the next year, bring some people together, some of our guests, and, and talk about things such as culture. So uh, love to have you back. Yeah, uh, I'd love it. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks very much. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there was a couple comments here. One of them was uh, interesting. Uh, for anybody who, who posted a, a comment in the chat, um, this will be posted on Geek Skeezers and or Geek Skeezers Googleization.com. Geek Skeezers Googleization.com. I'll be posted in a few days. Um, you can go up and um, leave messages there. Let's have a conversation about it. Uh, a couple interesting posts that we just didn't have a chance to, to get to. Uh, reminder to everybody, you've been listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners. Uh, we're always interested in what's on your mind. Let us know how we're doing. we got a bunch of great guests coming up. Uh, also, if you're interested in sponsoring, we're entering our second year. This is our 52nd week, so we got uh, just next week. Uh, we start our second year on W4CY.com and love yeah. it. Um, so call us, uh, contact us through our website, geekskeezersgooglization.com. Connect with Keith or me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, thank you again, JobVite and Success Performance Solutions. You help us be on the air. And don't forget to join us next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com. Our guest will be Matt Charney, uh, one of the greats in the, uh, the talent business. Uh, I'll be, in, you can I'll also- be with them in HR Tech. Oh, super. do it together. (laughs) Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, You'll be able to listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, SoundCloud. We're there. Until next episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Campagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans. 